and he was calling it the whole game. We're live. We stayed aggressive, and, and we pulled it off, man. Zimmer deserves a bunch of credit today, I think. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. Zimmer deserves a ton of credit today. He played aggressive. He played to win the game. Kirk um, missed a lot of open throws early on. But we're leaving L.A. with a win. This is a good, good victory for us. Let's get back on track. Let's beat, let's beat Green Bay next week. Let's, let's keep it rolling, guys. Absolutely. How's the, how's everything there? What's the crowd like? Oh, we lost. I lost him, Dave. Like we did. Well, the nice part is we will get more from Matt about the crowd and the live experience on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Uh -huh. Central Time. When, you, when he uh, hosts Vikings Happy Hour. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a positive edition of the final score. While Dave, our trusty producer, is getting everything set up, I am Tyler Fornas, and I will be one of your co-hosts here this evening. Look, at the end of the day, the Vikings won a football game, and it's a very exciting time, the fact that we were able to go on the road and beat a good team in their house, and we didn't blow a double-digit fourth-quarter lead. That Dave, as we kind of look at this while you're kind of uh, piecing everything yes, together, one thing that really to. stood out to me, one thing that really stood out to me was this game really encompassed a lot of things that we've been talking about heavily as far as inconsistencies, as far as things that this team does not do well on a consistent basis. And they really, for 60 uh -oh. minutes, shored that up today. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we had issues with Kirk Cousins. He was missing deep balls. Um, we weren't able to really see a lot from the broadcast angle, but uh, we have Matt there. We had Luke there, from uh, uh, who hosts Locked On Vikings. Flip Mozzie was there. Like When we look at the All-22, I think we're going to see that there were a lot of missed opportunities. At the end of the day, we hit on enough opportunities to be able to, to bring this to a victory. And it really starts out with, they made it a point to target Justin Jefferson. Yes. They identified, hey, this is the guy we need to get the football to. And they did. And no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They featured their star player. They needed to do that. They did it. And they need to do more of it moving forward. There's no excuse to not try to make Justin Jefferson the focal point of your offense. You can still make him the focal point of your offense and run the football. Like, take a look at what uh, the Seattle Seahawks do with their offense. They are a running football team. They have two great receivers on the outside in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They still get the ball to those guys plenty while having a run first offense. You can do both, you don't have to settle. And the fact that Kirk Cousins was willing to take chances. I even made the joke that because Jefferson dropped that first deep ball shot, that at the end of the game, like as the game moved forward, that he wouldn't take another one. Well, he did. And mm -hmm. he took one when it mattered most. That he They got that first down with under two minutes to go. And then that third down conversion to Adam Thielen, like he was willing to push the ball down the field where it mattered most which I'll be honest, hasn't necessarily been a flaw for Kirk Cousins. His flaw has been when it doesn't matter as much, he's not willing to push the ball down the field. But I I'm going to take the wins where I can get them. This team won a football game, and it was great to see Cousins making throws that he is paid to make, that he is capable of making, 
and trusting those receivers who we are paying a lot of money, and we're going to pay even more money when Justin Jefferson is eligible for that second contract and making sure that we are taking care of them and utilizing our best assets. Exactly. Oh, it was... <laughs> First off, you got to give Zimmer credit to go for it on fourth and two there at the end. He had a cassette of or a set of cojones that he did it and extended the game, gets the win. You know, most times he would have sent out the punter or he would have backed up, sent out the punter or tried to kick. He didn't. He went for, I'm going to win this thing. And he did. That's what we want to see. And today we're sitting there talking and we're going through the game. <laughs> Zimmer didn't win, the Chargers lost. Uh, quite possibly, but the Vikings come out with a W on this one, and that is so much needed this weekend, especially when uh, the Falcons got spanked, just absolutely mm-hmm. spanked earlier today. Um, that helps. So, I wish the Packers would, but eh. Anyways. Yeah. But it was... Uh, we all saw, you know, the Vikings went out. They didn't score in the first drive, which was shocking. And then, but they did take the early lead, 3 nothing. Yes, I know we should have gotten into the end zone. But they kept, they got a lead. They got a 7-point lead. They got a 10-point lead. And, of course, they lose the 7 right before half. And then we go, as the scripts always says, the opposing team will come back and score at the beginning of the second half, and they did, and they went ahead. But rather than go with the script the rest of the way, the Vikings actually produced some drives and some points. And that is what's different today than any other day we've had so far this season. Minus the Seattle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I've been one of Zimmer's biggest critics as far as his aggressiveness. And Hold on. He is. I want to bring yeah. Matt in here. All right. Matt's back. Let's throw him in the middle. Boom. Talk to us, Matt. Come on, buddy. We see you. Talk to us. We see you, Matt. Yes, and your beautiful wife. All these guys with dimes for wives saw a picture of Luke's wife. And it's just like, whoa, you guys are happy for you. Put it that way. I'm happy mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. All right. I, I want to answer a question in uh, the comments here real quick, Dave. Who is QB16 in my backdrop, GMAX72? That is Joe Maurer playing high school football where he was the Gatorade National Player of the Year for Creighton Durham Hall High School in St. Paul in the year of 2001. And it's a really cool piece that you're not going to see very often. I'm very, very lucky that I got my hands on it. Anyways, kind of as I was talking uh, before we tried to get Matt in there, uh, Zimmer's been very selectively aggressive, and it's been very frustrating. And I've been one of his biggest critics because of that. That my big thing is, and it's it's a very analytic-driven approach, if you keep utilizing the same process and you utilize good process, you will get good results. And you, you, But you have to stay the course. 
And if take a look at what the Bengals have been doing on fourth down over the last couple of years, they are number one in one fourth down attempts and fourth down conversions since the start of the 2020 season. Like if you consistently do the aggressive approach, you will see results. You are going to see negatives from it. Um, there is a, there's a high school football coach in Alabama. He never punts. He always kicks an onside kick, always goes for two, and he never kicks a field goal. Mm-hmm. And his teams end up usually going undefeated and went, scoring like 70 points a game. He's no like longer a high, high school, school coach. He moved on to. Nope. He's, a, he's an NAIA school, and the second a, an FBS program takes a shot at him, it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes Okay, because it's a very aggressive approach. And why I bring that up is because if you do consistency and you breed that kind of consistency with how you make decisions, and it, I, you can relate it to blackjack too. You either always hit on 16 or you never hit on 16. Those details make a difference long-term with your process. And the yes. fact that Zimmer was aggressive here was fantastic. I wish he was willing to do that every single time. That is my biggest frustration. I'm very glad he did it today. It was 100% the right call to be aggressive on that third down and try to get that dig route over the middle. That was a terrible defensive play call by Brandon Staley. You have to be more aggressive within that 10 to 20 yard range, and you have to have guys lined up at the sticks. They did not, we took advantage of their mistake. Thielen probably should have taken it two, three yards deeper, so he's past the six, but he took it short, ended up being the right call because it worked. You can debate the play call for the toss, uh, but at the end of the day, the running game was inefficient overall, but that play worked. We ended up winning the football game, and now we're sitting as a four and five football team playing a division rival where records don't matter. We can get back to 500, and honestly, if we're if we know we're not going to win the Super Bowl, beating Green Bay that makes it a semi-successful season. So yes, and they struggled against the Seahawks in Lambeau uh, today. Mm-hmm. They didn't start scoring points until the second half. They were up three nothing at half, and it wasn't until the second half they did lose Aaron Jones, the running back. Yep, to a uh, look like an ACL injury. So he will. Um, Early reports are MCL, but if it's an MCL injury, if it's anything higher than a grade one, he is out next week. So that's something to watch this week. Now, Mm -hmm. speaking of something to watch, and I missed yesterday on my show, two old bloggers, I put uh, Michael Pierce as out because I thought he was. Turns out he was put on IR earlier in the week, but the Vikings website. He was put on IR yesterday, I believe. That's unfortunate. Hopefully we'll get that elbow fixed going in Mm because we could use him. Um, What did you think of the running game today? I I can't take full credit for this because somebody uh, said it in our discussion um, online. But Dalvin Cook hasn't looked the same since his ankle injury. And quite frankly, I agree 100%. I agree too. His vision is there, but his explosiveness is not. The running, run blocking is not on the same level as it has been over the course of the past few seasons. I think when you focus a little more on pass blocking, you're going to see a decrease in that. And that's okay. 
But when you have Dalvin, whose vision is supposed to be able to manipulate and make up for those shortcomings, and then you don't have that, it's a little frustrating. And it makes it a little tough to run the football. Uh, Alexander Madison, I think, is just not a great running back because his vision is um, poopy. He's a good. Uh, he's a good backup. He's a backup running back. That's what he yes. is. He's he is he's a backup not, running back. Yeah, it's um, his vision isn't as good. Um, say that Cooks' vision is like this. Alexander Madison's is like this, mm-hmm. and you got to live with that. I mean, he's strong. He runs hard. He does well. Now for yards per carry per PFF, looking at their box score, mm-hmm. Dalvin had a three point nine. And Alexander Madison was a 4.0 per play. Um, Dalvin was higher for the most part. Most of the day he was around 5. But I agree with you. Ever since that ankle injury, he does not look as as, as explosive as we had mm-hmm. hoped. We had also hoped to see Kene uh, Wangwu, Wang Chong. Today used in the backfield, and unfortunately, we did not. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you see the tweet from Will Raggetts, friend of the show, Sports Illustrated beat writer for the Vikings, who said this is a best game for Clint Kubiak, or the best a good game he's called by Clint Kubiak? And I tweeted back, well, I wouldn't go that far. But what do you think of the game calling by Clint today? You know what? I, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was one of his better performances. You could oh, tell I agree. that it's better. <laughs> he was I like obviously a friend of the network. Eric Eager uh, was mm-hmm. talking in the first three weeks how Clint Kubiak was their number one play caller based on their metrics, and it's unfortunately not something that we're privy to access through the website. But it was very interesting uh, to hear him talk about how the next couple of weeks uh, that absolutely cratered. And those were the uh, that was the game against the Lions mm-hmm. and the Browns, where that really took a nosedive. And I think it was really cool to see that they were utilizing more motion. They were utilizing uh, more uh, more deep route concepts. But obviously, Kirk Cousins is not seeing the field nearly as well as he should. And uh, we were told that he was missing a lot of people wide open. Uh, the fumble with Brian O'Neill was. One, hilarious, because it was caused by your own offensive lineman touching your elbow. Two, uh-huh. like, yeah, it, he needs to make smarter decisions. And the protection calls, I think that there were some missed opportunities with protection and figuring out who's coming from where and adjusting accordingly. And if you kind of continue to clean some of those things up and Kirk continues to be on an aggressive trend, mm-hmm. There is a lot to like about this offense, and I think Clint Kubiak is getting sorted. They scored in the second half. They were moving the ball. They had more success in the second half than the first half, which tells me that, one, either Clint is able to make those kind of in-game adjustments or they have somebody helping him with those in-game adjustments, and they are making that a real focus, and it was really nice to see. I still don't know if, if this offense is going to be ever get to an elite or really, really good level this season because of the inexperience on the offensive coaching staff. And Kirk Cousins is still our quarterback. But at the end of the day, you have to be, uh, you have to feel good about this performance and believe that there might be more coming. Yes, there very well may be. And you talk about somebody may be helping Clint. 
Mary and I had a conversation during the game about how everybody on this team is human, be it from the Wilfs, Spielman, the front office, mm-hmm. coaching staff, players, etc. Right? That everybody's human and they have their flaws. Where you hope to surround yourself by people that will help you improve on your flaws, if not mask your flaws. So maybe today, if Clint was getting help from somebody, that was somebody helping him improve. Now, part of Clint will come with just repetition and doing it over and over again. But it's if they can take that approach of let's maximize what we're strong at and help what we're weak at, I think this team could go, still has time to go far. And Mm -hmm. today may have been that first step. You know what, Dave? I really hope so. I really hope so. Mm -hmm. Who's your highlight of this game? Cam Bynum. Bynum? Cam Bynum made two really good plays. He got that sack on that really creative third down blitz from Mike Zimmer. And uh, Matt Fries, uh, the uh, resident film junkie and expert for the network, uh, really uh, made a really good point that once Zimmer is gone, he's going to miss those creative blitzes. Zimmer is one of the best in the league and possibly league history of being very creative with his blitz packages. And you really saw that uh, he isolated Cam Bynum uh, to really decide between the A and the B gap. He picked mm-hmm. A gap and really got the running back confused and had a straight shot at Justin Herbert. And then he had that uh, deflection on that uh, little flat route to Donald Parham Jr. Like, I really think the Vikings have found a gem with Cam Bynum when he was drafted. I knew that they weren't going to be drafting him to play corner in the fourth round because he doesn't have the uh, requisite athleticism to be a good cornerback. But the nice part about slow corners, you can be a really good safety because you uh-huh. don't have to have that elite level speed. And you're really seeing all that acumen mentally with Cam Bynum mm-hmm. over the course of the last two weeks. Yes. I was worried that last week was going to be a fluke, but it it appears that this is going to be much more of a trend, which is a great thing for this Minnesota Vikings moving defense. forward. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it feels like this is a gem draft pick. And if we start seeing more from this draft class, cause we didn't see it early and there were, excuse me, major frustrations, including from yours truly about that. Mm-hmm. If we continue, continue to see these trends from these young guys, we are going to be in a position where if you fire Mike Zimmer and trade Kirk Cousins, that Rick Spielman is going to be your general manager because these last two drafts are starting to look better and better every week, minus Jeff Gladney. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, Freddie asks, we are undefeated or doesn't ask, he says, we're undefeated when Flip's at the game. That is his true statement. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure Flip would take a collection to go to every game if that, uh, if we keep this up. But, yes, you are correct. He is – the smarts is there. He's making it, and it makes it easy to move on next year if things do change. Dave, I just want to point out that we are also undefeated when I am at the game, and I will be at the Green Bay game next week. Ooh, all right. I know. Good. That's a, that foretells some good news. Now, my highlight of the game is Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin yeah. 
got himself two. Hey, hold on. Dave, say his name right. His name is Tyler Gronk. Gronk. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I won't go that far. But Tyler Conklin got himself two touchdowns. In the four years prior that he's been in the league, all he had was two. Today he got two. And uh, he is showing that being the feature tight end, he can handle that. So next year, uh, especially next year when Irv comes back, we've got two very, very good tight ends, baby. Um, And... Can't beat that with a stick. That uh, kid we traded for from the Jets that caught that first one because he was wide open, that was great. And then he dropped that second one when it was thrown at his face. That was horrible. Uh, But Tyler Conklin impressed me today, and I like that. Always like that when a tight end does well. So, Mm -hmm. who, that's a highlight. What were your lowlights of this game? That's a tough one. Um, the, the two that really stand out to me, Dave, are the missed opportunities from the Vikings offense. And I'm going to kind of pin that on Kirk Cousins, just not being able to recognize it fast enough, being able to really see things downfield based on the, the reports we were getting from those in the stadium. Like, I, I don't want to be super critical and win, but you have to stay consistent and you have to stay consistent with how you're analyzing these players in the game. Um, Kirk Cousins needs to step up and he needs to be better. That you take a look at some of the analytics. His uh, his EPA was uh, per play was 0. 0.12, which is significantly less than the 0. 0.154 that he's been averaging throughout the season. Still a depth uh, target of only 6.6. You got to see more from your starting quarterback, from your high paid star quarterback, than right. some of the numbers that he's putting up. Um, the other one was. I cannot remember when it was, but the Mackenzie Alexander pass interference on Keenan Allen up the sideline. Mm-hmm. I think that ball was overthrown. Court. It should not have been a pass interference, but at the end of the day, he should know better than to really go out and, and sell out like that when the ball is that far overthrown. Right. You're a six-year veteran, man. Be better. Yes. Be that better. was very frustrating. Well, and one of the frustrating portions of this game was the refereeing well, there were some questionable calls and uh, some, mm-hmm. thought some ticky tack ones like offensive face masking and a lot of hands to the face when they had the jersey right here and pulling up but hey that's the way that goes low light for me again was the defense with two minutes left in the first half why why does it happen every single week that they let the opposing team score. And it's, you know, if they're tired, put some Red Bull in their Gatorade or something in that, you know, second quarter. Right here, baby. Right here. That's got to stop. Mm -hmm. Period. And that's my low light of the game. Now. And it's, it's really interesting, Dave. I want to comment on this real fast because with how conservative Mike Zimmer wants to be on offense and he wants to leave it in his defense's hands, he really takes that conservatism from the offense and puts it on the defense when uh, it's in those pressure-type situations. The under-two-minute drill. They really don't thrive in those situations. Then they didn't last year either. Like, 
you're leaning on your defense to win these football games, but you're also not giving them the tools to succeed by having uh, so much conservative football play. I, I don't understand the mindset of these guys and why they aren't aggressive. Aggressive doesn't mean you automatically lose. And it's very frustrating to see it time in and time out. Yeah, Scott, we are celebrating the win. However, our format calls for our highlights and our lowlights. So we pick one of both. The Vikings aren't perfect. They're far from it. But Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about the not-so-perfect. But we do rejoice in the fact that they pulled this one out. Yes, Mm -hmm. they won. They beat the better team this time. And it's about time. You know, everybody's talked about we're one play away from, you know, only having one loss or no losses and stuff. Well, today they did it. They pulled it out, and we appreciate that to no end. This team, I agree with Mike Zimmer, does have talent. They have a lot of it, and they can be very good, even without Daniil Hunter. And that is what we like to see. Speaking of which, Minus Daniil Hunter, we saw our first play from Patrick Jones today. He got himself mm-hmm. a penalty for hands to the face, Max. Yeah. And uh, but I thought he did very respectable for his first outing. He was causing pressures um, almost every time he was in. Now I don't see what I haven't looked. What have they got him on? Patrick Jones, two tackles, no sacks, of course, and they've done not showing pressures yet. Um, but I'm curious to see what it comes show out. that once you get the, the grades up. Right. So, yes, we should celebrate today, and it's a mm-hmm. good day. Um, Absolutely. I, I, just, I will say one thing to kind of add on to that. You know, we're going to celebrate and, and we're going to uh, rejoice in the fact that our team won. But at the end of the day, we're analysts and we're going to we're going to tell you exactly what they're doing right, and what they're doing wrong. So we can try and paint a better picture for you. And and that's going to mean some negativity because it's just going to be coming honestly. Mm-hmm. And we're we're not going to be duckies and bunnies all the time. Sometimes we're going to be dragons and daggers. Like it's just kind of the way it is. Yes, we want this team to win. I would like it to win a Super Bowl before I'm dead. And I'm closer to dead than Tyler and the rest of the crew. So we do point out some of the things that are bad. But we also celebrate the wins like today, which we got. And it improves our chances. Now let's build on it and carry it forward. At the end of the day... Our Vikings did not uh, beat a FCS Sanford team 70-52 to like my Gators did yesterday. So (laughs) it it is a good day. Speaking of spankings, there were some spankings in the NFL today, too. Um, The the NFL doesn't make sense this year, Dave. Nothing makes sense. No, it's... The Broncos whipped the Cowboys and then go home and get whipped by the Eagles? Like... Mm-hmm. Nothing makes sense. And the Cowboys today just absolutely waxed the Falcons. And uh, hey, did you did you see what happened in that game? No, I didn't Dan see. It, Quinn, even Dan, it was local. Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. 
the Cowboys were up twenty eight to three on the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Just, just beautiful. <laughs> Anyways, what we've got ahead? Do you know what we have ahead this week, there, Tyler? Yes, we do. Tomorrow night, it will be Deshaun and myself with Dave talking about this victory. And we're also going to be talking moving forward, especially with the Green Bay Packers game. On Tuesday, we're going to have In the Huddle with Jason and the gang talking about uh, the kind of the more in-depth stuff, delve a little more into analytics, which is always a really good time. Wednesday Maybe we night, can wrangle little... Dr. Eric Eager for this one. Yeah, that, that, would, that would be fun. Olson, I, I another. Love, I, I love hearing the perspectives from Eric and Nick. Um, Wednesday night will be Wednesday happy hour with mm-hmm. Matt and Ryan. Some casual, fun Vikings talk with some in-depth stuff as well. And Thursday hopefully during- on Wednesday, yeah. we're hoping to line up. He's committed quasi um, Doogie. Oh, um, I love me some Doogie. Yeah, great, and his great guy who knows more than most people. Yes. Thursday, we should have back. The great and wonderful Flip Mozzie, who should have been here tonight. He was at the game today. And uh, Eric Thompson from Daily Norseman and his humor. If you were following the game, he was sticking in some zingers in there. It was wonderful. And then we end up with me and Darren for two old bloggers for the pregame show prior to the Packers. It's yes, Packers sir. week, baby. Mm-hmm. It is Packers week, and we are going to be in for a very interesting showdown with one of the best defenses in football. And But tonight, Aaron Rodgers looked like a shell of himself. He looked not very good, and it didn't feel like uh, having the game on, on my second TV in the basement that the, pa- like the Seahawks defense was really doing anything extraordinary to stop the Packers. So it feels like that this Packers team is beatable, and we're going to talk about how that can happen here this week on Climbing the Pocket. Now, that's Climbing the Pocket. What have you got lined up for all the extracurriculars that you're doing for NBC Sports and etc.? Absolutely. Um, every week I, I write an article about uh, a preview article about Notre Dame and their matchup. Um, I hit both Notre Dame minus five and a half and the under of 64 and a half this week. So and um, I we also do as a staff um, favorite and uh, underdog picks of the week. I missed Purdue my uh, plus twenty one, but I did hit Western Kentucky minus eighteen and a half over Rice, which was really really nice to see. I've had I've had some struggles with favorites this year, and we got our second win of the season. Had a couple pushes in there, so you'll be able to find that for me on Thursday. I also do uh, the Roto World style blurbs. So um, Tuesday and Thursday night, you'll be seeing a lot of those from me. Uh, and then I'm also still working on a Kirk Cousin extension piece, which uh, has taken me way longer just because my life is absolutely busy as hell. Um, and then I just released a piece earlier today about uh, Rick Spielman going to North Carolina and Pitt's game on Thursday night to see both court- North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell and Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett. And I gave a brief synopsis as to who they are and I'm going to be delving in a lot further 
for the Vikings wire on some uh, potential top prospects for the Minnesota Vikings. So you'll have to make sure you kind of uh, keep an eye out. Um, if you don't follow me on Twitter already at the real Forno, and I tweet out all my work there. So you'll be able to kind of keep uh, tabs and uh, read all my stuff. Now I got a question about the pit game. Yeah. Um, Spielman likes to select pit players, not just mm-hmm. looking at quarterbacks. Are there any other pit players he might have been looking at that we need to keep an eye on? I'll take that as so. a no. Um, well, the the best player on their team outside of Kenny Pickett is Jordan Addison, the wide receiver, but he's a true sophomore, so he won't be draft eligible to next year, which next year is going to be a re- – ridiculous right wide receiver class these seven on seven camps that have been popping up all across the country over the last 15 years have really really done a number on these skill players and we're going to see another great crop of wide receivers next uh, in the 2023 class um they're obviously the pit is known for their defensive linemen um mm-hmm. and they keep churning them out um, year after year, but there really isn't a standout player outside of Kenny Pickett that will be draft okay. eligible that Rick Spielman was probably well, there to see. He was probably there to see Howell and Pickett. He's already seen Carson Strong from Nevada um, playing a really good game against UNLV, and he was also there in Syracuse to see Malik Willis, uh, who had to play a little too much hero ball, but you saw all the raw talent from him. Well, I'm, we're going to get a lot more into that at the wind down of the season once we get in the draft season on uh, Mock Draft Mondays. and But until then, I, Freddie asked, we were three, or didn't ask, he said we were three-point dogs. Freddie, we were actually 3.5 underdogs at the end of when they closed the betting today. And yes, we beat that, which is great. Um, everybody, we are at, I think it was 972 subscribers to Climbing the Pockets YouTube page. We'd love to hit a 1,000. We have never been this close before. So like, subscribe, and ring the bell and tell all your Vikings friends especially to please subscribe. It's great content all week long. Um, And anybody else uh, that you know, by all means, let them know. Hey, Mm -hmm. come talk to... Fans that love to fan with you. I want to thank everybody that was in the chat today for coming and watching and joining us. And we still have time to let you all go and join, watch some of the other post-game shows, like my favorite, One Bar and Lovagus. Got to hop over there here shortly. And then, of course, to Score North. What What is going to be mm-hmm. an absolutely rowdy vent line, I'm sure has changed its tenor as in the song type just a little bit it should be fun and make sure make sure if you go over to purple daily you wish judd a happy belated 109th birthday. birthday yes his birthday was yesterday that is correct wishing that and many many surly beers if you can get some yeah. surlies with that everybody what do we say tyler i believe it is Skull! Skull Vikings! And if I could hit the right play out, because I moved <laughs> this, we'd be all right. Hey, everybody, enjoy the win. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, 
make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climbing the Pocket. Skull, everybody.